Welcome to Zephyr Yoga Inspiration. I offer these podcasts for free, and your support really does make a difference and is appreciated. To make a donation, please click the link in the episode description or visit ZephyrYoga.com. So welcome to practice. Welcome, welcome. As most of you know, we're exploring the sister science called Ayurveda, the study of life and the knowledge within it that we have to be able to support our yoga practice. Now, Ayurveda is based on the understanding of three things. The first, your Pakruti. The second, your Vikruti. And the third, your bespoke medicine. So, Pakriti is everything in this manifested form. It is the physical manifestation of Shakti, of that kind of feminine form of everything that we can touch that is manifested. Thoughts, emotions, things. But your Pakruti is your nature of your individual personal constitution. So it is your dosha makeup. So it's your vata, pitta, kappa, dosha and the combination. So mine is mainly kappa. Right behind that is vata and right behind that is pitta. So that's kind of my dosha constitution, which will probably be different than yours. Now your vikruti is your constitutional nature of your imbalance. So it's your certain imbalance that is bespoke to you, how you come out of balance. My balance is very different because also my gunas are very different. So I'm very tamasic guna by nature. My left nostril is always open and that affects my um, doshas in a very particular way. But just to kind of make an example, because of my age, but also I have teenagers, that my vata will come out of balance really easily. I will feel overwhelmed, ungrounded, that will react to my pitta, which I become very intolerant and patient and become shouty mummy. And then my Cappadocia feels the guilt and the shame that I shouldn't have shouted again. And that creates that cycle. So that's just a little example of my natural Pakruti, my natural um, constitutional makeup, but my Vikruti, the nature of my imbalance where I go. So the third thing that is important to Ayurveda to understand is your bespoke medicine. This is your um, asana that is best for your constitutional and imbalance. It is your um, pranayama, your meditation, your herbs, your vitamins, your foods, your lifestyle choices that bring you into harmony, that optimize your health and well-being. So this is ideally pointing more towards your sattvic path, your middle path, which will be different than mine. But as along the way, we recognize that we come out of balance. We either go into a very rajasic state where it's very overactive, or we go into a tamasic state, which is very stagnant, dull, and dark. And so we're trying to um, shape our practices to calm that rajasic state, to stimulate that tamasic state so we can find our sattvic path, our middle path that is best in harmony so we can go and do our lives well. And this is 
Really over the next three sessions, we're going to be looking at each dosha, the kind of positives, the quirks, the negatives, and the kind of sattvic path, but then how it comes out of balance in that kind of rajasic form and the tamasic form. So um, do recognize that each one of these doshas is a part of you and you are a part of it, but you'll probably see more or less of that character in you or you'll identify it in someone else. So, um, you know, this is just the study of ourselves through yoga, but also the Ayurvedic lens. The Vata Dosha um, is what we're going to be studying first. Now, Vata Dosha is linked to the nervous system. If you keep that in mind, you can sense how vata dosha is going to affect your mind and your body. So vata dosha is life energy. It is the pranic flame. And in that flame is your energy. And that energy works through the elements of wind and space that um, create motion. It is what motivates the other two doshas. It is what moves them into this creative expression. And so vata people have a very particular body type. It is usually very thin, lean. They're very small and delicate in their bone structure, whether they're very tall or very short. They're said to be the weakest in build as they don't carry much weight. Adipose tissue, they find it difficult to hold on to weight. They usually are um, really hypermobile and cold in their fingers and toes. And their skin tends to be thin, translucent. They have small features. They have dry um, hair and nails. So you can probably sense that either in yourself or you know someone who's very, very Vata. Now their character traits of Vata being very lively, very fun, they're kind-hearted, easily enthused, they're high in energy, always on the go. And as you see them running around, they're usually on their tiptoes, so excited about life, waving their limbs in an expression of their hyperactive, erratic energy. Mentally, they're very exceptionally creative. They are very loving. Um, they just love chit chat and they're brimming with ideas and want to communicate because they're so imaginative. Things are just kind of outpouring. Um, they have the greatest capacity to change and adapt as life changes because they're so agile and responsive. They're very quick to learn as well as quick to forget um, because they tend to be multitaskers and get easily distracted by something else. Um, the exercise that Vata people are usually drawn to are more solitary sports like yoga, running, cycling, swimming, walking, dancing, but they prefer doing it by themselves because they can get lost in their thoughts and in their head. So they love moving. And they love that feeling of being um, able to get lost in the kind of winds of thoughts and imagination. So um, let's see, what else about Vata? Um, the best diet for Vata um, is a combination of um, warm, eating very warm, soft, cooked foods, kind of like soups 
or um, um, you know, cooked root vegetables, things that are earthing, that are sweet, sour, and salty. It's just easier for them to digest. Um, as, as vata is a combination of wind and space, they become aggravated if there's too much more wind in space. So usually aggravated vata shows up in the experience of being dried out and spun out. So the first way that we can see that vata is imbalanced is ways of dehydration. Dehydration of their skin that becomes really dry and flaky and rough and a bit itchy because of how dry it is. Um, the tissues become really stiff and the muscles, the joints and the muscles seem to crack as if there's too much wind and space in there and you can hear it. They have poor circulation, they're cold hands and feet and they're usually very sensitive to the cold. So you usually see Vata people always with scarves and mittens and leg warmers, especially in yoga. Um, and because they're always on the go, because they're always moving, they usually have irregular appetites and eating patterns. This imbalance of the wind element usually makes their digestion very sensitive. Hence um, why I suggested like eating warm foods because if they eat raw, dried out or bitter cold foods, it usually promotes more bloating discomfort and constipation. As vata imbalance is a wind element space, um, it dries them out and it creates more of the same. So you'll notice that um, uh, vata is usually kind of excess gas and that constipation in the gut. For women, um, usually it's irregular periods that they experience as well. Um, and also when they get ill, it normally goes to their lungs because of the wind element. Usually they get a cold and it goes straight to their lungs. So remembering, as I said, Vata is a part of the nervous system. Now, when aggravated Vata um, surfaces, you'll start to see that Vata usually tends to hang out on the inhale pattern they are kind of almost like hyperventilating. It's like they're so excited about life that it can easily turn into um, an anxiety fear response. <laughs> and it switches and in that way, that um, hyperventilating kind of breath um, stimulates so much of the nervous system where they act very flighty. And this all of a sudden triggers the nervous system to act very impulsively, compulsively. They usually have automatism, which is this natural um, unconscious way their body kind of tremors. They have restless legs. They tap their fingers. They usually have, um, you know, fidgeting issues where they can't sit still. It's almost like when I talk about this, I'm hijacking. It's like a method actor. I can't sit still and I kind of like embody it so I can feel it in me. But usually it says in Ayurveda that um, Vata people usually get tinnitus, vertigo, they have poor memory because their brain is on freeze, fly and fight mechanism because of that anxious energy, because there's this kind of fearful state that they can't really absorb um, memory. So they can't actually take short-term memory into long-term memory because they are really on that kind of alert mode. So this 
then starts to kind of unfold into um, their sleep issues. They have irregular sleep. They find it hard to get to sleep or stay asleep. And then they end up um, having bouts of insomnia as well as fearful dreams. This adds to their imbalance of their mental emotional health where they, you know, start to really entertain fearful states of scenarios. They become anxious, nervous, worrisome. They're easily stressed and fatigued. So we can sense that Avata um, on one side is so enthusiastic about life and excited about it, but on the flip side of the coin, it can go into extreme fear. So the kind of poles of imbalance, that rajasic state, is that um, the Vata become very hyperactive. They become very talkative. They're always on the move. They're multitaskers. They're doing too many things, trying to achieve too many things at once. And there's this restlessness and this kind of fear um, that motivates them. You know, they're filled with desire to make things, do things, and they're very impulsive, but never satisfied with what is. But then that flip side that goes into the tamasic dark side, they're paralyzed with fear and they become so anxious and erratic that compulsive behavior starts to increase and get progressive and they lean towards addiction as they'll probably use anything to be able to escape and bypass this undercurrent of fear and anxiety because it's just, you can't sustain that for a long period of time. You gotta numb out. And so in the Ayurvedic perspective, that's that um, line of addictive compulsive behavior. So what we're trying to do in practice is to recognize when vata comes out of balance and find that middle path, that sattvic path. And remembering that the kind of beautiful part of Vata is that they are so open-minded, open-hearted, that they are great communicators. They're so enthusiastic about life. They're abundantly vibrant and they're a source of inspiration. You just want to be around them because they're like sunshine and they're motivating and they are just brimming with ideas and they want to learn and they do so very easily. And they are very creative in expressing what they know and being open to actually create more. So it's just, there is an infection energy that is a good way in which you want to be around and play. So our approach to our practice in vata rebalancing, um, reducing aggravated vata, and then stimulating the more positive qualities of that vata is really to start to um, slow down vata. When a vata comes to practice, they tend to be on their tiptoes whirling. We need to slow them down because a lot of the time in practice, they, because they're lost in their thoughts and lost in their imagination, they tend not to be in their body and they're prone to injuries because they a fidget, they move too quickly, or they don't have a good sense of where their body is, that appropriate perception, and they overstretch because they're not really thinking about what they're doing. So we need to actually um, draw them, slow them down, and then start to stabilize them as we encourage them to be more still. And as we give them ways in which they can move 
in a productive way to reintegrate themselves into their body. Um, we ground them, anchor them, support them in a um, strength building practice, a grounding practice being closer to the earth, and then stimulating them to open so they can be creative, yet um, calming them and, and um, soothing their nervous system in which they feel that sense of being grounded yet expansive, calm yet focused. And then that creative um, yearning can actually open up in a more productive way. So um, Vata people are usually drawn to very active practices. So we need to meet them where they're at. So we need to move because if you just make them go still that will aggravate them even more because one if you just hold yin poses they're going to stay cold and they don't like the cold so we need to move them in a way in which it builds this heat and then builds this earth so the fire the earth and then works with the fluidity of movement so we need the other elements we need kappa and we need pitta to actually draw vata in balance so this is where the art of understanding ayurveda really comes in and that work that we did on our last series on the five elements comes into play and this is how it comes into play so we're going to use ujjayi breath. Ujjayi breath is great for vata reducing. So you can hear your ujjayi breath when you make the sound ha through your nose. Now notice, when you do ujjayi breath, there's a certain constriction of the throat. The breath goes onto the top of the nasal passage. You can feel the breath go to the tip of the nose, come in and out. This is where the fire element, Manipura chakra, is said to be. So we're trying to warm the breath. You'll feel the coolness on the inhale, warmth on the exhale, but you can hear it and you're directing the breath more into that fire element around the nasal passage. Now, with that, we're going to layer it with a mantra. Mantra is said to help inspire as well as stabilize the mind. So, hum. Inhale, so. Exhale, hum. The meaning loosely means I am that. So it's giving that creative um, consciousness of vata going, what is that? Who is that? Where is that? And in that way, you refresh that curiosity, trying to draw the mind back home and in the body. And in yoga, we don't differentiate between mind and heart. They are one of the same, chitta. But we tend to abandon the heart and we abandon our home feeling so lost, ungrounded, overwhelmed, and we don't feel held. So we're trying to kindly come back home to the bosom of your heart and be able to abide in your home, feeling that sense of safety, which is key for Vata, feeling held, key, feeling loved, mm. feeling belonging to and connected to, in which then you feel open to create. So that way of drawing back and keep drawing the head back into the heart is important to vata. So meditating in practice of drawing yourself back to the heart center, remembering that vata is a part of the wind element, which is about anahata chakra, and space, which is about the throat. So, so hum, making that sound, mentally even, creates that linguistic function connecting to the heart and throat. We are going to be doing brahmari pranayama, which is closing of the mouth, chanting om. 
Again, through the heart and throat center, you create this vibration and creative expression, which helps one, lengthen the exhale, which is heating, lengthening the exhale, which is calming, grounding, and soothing, and that vibration calming for the nervous system. And in that lengthening um, and grounding, you create this vibration in which connects you to remembering when we worked with the wind element, the sense organ associated with Vayu, with wind, is the sense organ of felt touch what it feels like to touch your skin as you breathe in and out, what it feels like to breathe in and breathe out. What does the vibration feel like? And so there is this opening to the sense organ as you work with Vata of touch. Then the space element is to do with listening, is to do with hearing. So when we create sounds, mental or verbal sounds, we are capturing that vata, that space, and how sound travels across space. So there's many of this tantric layering of um, experiences to capture vata and bring vata back in. So this is really important in studying Ayurveda, but then studying why we do certain things in yoga. So with all these kind of different layers, um, uh, watch how by the beginning to the middle to the end, how the vata within you feels and just keep checking in. So I welcome you to practice. Um, to begin, you're just going to bring your legs out and bounce your knees up and down. And now bring your hands behind you and point and flex your feet, cracking your joints and just loosening up the tissues. And then place your right foot on top, flex your foot and then rock side to side. So. When we have stiffness in our muscles or tissues, that's a sign of vata imbalance. But then when we feel the cracking in the joints or in the tissues, that's again a vata sign. Now, when we rock, this is a therapeutic way in which reassures the nervous system that is like, oh, I got you. But rocking and moving, um, if you just went straight into a cold stretch, it's quite aggressive and we have run the risk of tearing. Rocking is a way um, we can reduce the collagen buildup and actually improve the elastin release. So that flexible hormone um, as we dissolve the collagen. So move your left hand behind you, bring your right hand forward, either grab a hold of your knee or hook your elbow round your knee. If you are flexible, you are more than welcome to take your arm to the sole of the foot and try to get your foot up into your armpit, but try the middle path to begin with. Now, as you sit up on your sit bones, rotate your pubic bone forward, draw your right thigh forward, twist. Now, another little thing, when we look up, it's a stimulating response to the nervous system. When we look down, it's a calming response. So notice where you put your excuse me, Dirsty, that was a little bit of Vata, <laughs> a little wind escaping, you'll notice this in practice. As you look down, and as you look down, it calms the mind, and it you can even close your eyes if you're really Vata imbalance, and turn inwards. And in that interoception, what it feels like to be in your body. So start Ujjayi breath, 
If you would like to continue to practice, find out more information about the topics discussed, or to donate to this podcast, please visit ZephyrYoga.com or follow the link in the episode description. I thank you.